Spooky-ooky. Hey, what's up, listeners? It's Jonathan here. And if you were listening to last week's episode, you know that we were originally intending to do the X-Files movie for this week's episode to polish off our I Want to Believe arc. Well, unfortunately, we decided that, uh, yeah, we don't want to spoil the X-Files for ourselves. Phil and I are both currently going through the series and the X-Files movie from 1998, Fight the Future, whatever you want to call it, is uh, set between seasons five and six, and neither one of us have gotten there yet. I don't want to spoil things for myself. So instead, we're going to do a different film uh, from our Patreon. Uh, If you want to see the X-Files movie, it's showing on the 14th of November from 35mm at the Prince Charles Cinema. The second film, I want to believe, is showing on the 20th of November, also from 35mm. And then you can catch a 35mm double feature, if you'd like, on the 28th of November, tickets are on sale at PrinceCharlesCinema.com. But in its place, we're going to be releasing here from our Shamalamania arc over on Patreon. Uh, this episode was originally supposed to be a Patreon exclusive, but hey, it fits the bill of I Want to Believe. It's M. Night Shyamalan's Signs. Uh, Phil and I both really loved this film back in the day, so it was fun to kind of get into it. Um, it might be the last of the stuff that we really love from the early days of M. Night Shyamalan's career. Uh, But if you'd like to continue down the journey, down the rabbit hole with these M. Night Shyamalan episodes, uh, they are for now on, unless if something else like this happens, going to be exclusively over at patreon.com forward slash the PCC podcast. And the day this episode goes out, there will already be the next episode for The Village available on Patreon. So support the podcast if you like. Listen to some M. Night Shyamalan silliness, and uh, we hope you enjoy this episode, and the truth is maybe still out there. day phil what you got what you got let me guess because i think i know the top of it i got a beer i got a brewski man it's no you too don't hard no you too don't hard no you've too hard you've got that too hard. you've got the caffeine free coke don't you i got the caffeine free yes bro yeah. that, sh- that shit's good <laughs> Ooh, it's really hard man really hard out there you know when you're Trying to be trying to be a man of the cloth and oh no and people just like gotta test you and test your fate. Yeah, this this weird filmmaker comes in and start killing your loved ones and testing your faith, <laughs> and that's really the hot, the bad thing he did. Not you know, there's no much running down the wife it was, that he tested uh, 
your faith a faith the the, the uh, father's faith <laughs> why at the end like why did he put himself in such you said it perfectly the other day well it's like why did he put himself in such a pivotal role and you were like he's literally like the uh what was the word you used like the like not the instigator but he's like the Catalyst. The catalyst. He's the fucking yeah. catalyst for the whole movie, and it's yeah. really distracting. But that's Manite. 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 That's that's what Manite's good at, man. Manite's yeah. just all about like trying to challenge people's perceptions of religion, and yeah. you know, and their faith, and yeah. challenge them in general. We don't know his first name, do we? I think uh, I think it's just M. I swear I've googled this. I, before. I really like doing these episodes because I'm not like extremely like um, prepared for these episodes. Like I like that we're just kind of doing a little bit loose. Like you know I've got some stuff like normal, normal, mm. normally with these episodes. But like you know it's it's also I'm playing it loosey goosey. And if you ask me something, I have to go look it up. And then like <laughs> it's kind of funny. So like for instance, his name the M stands for. Manoy, I think. Oh, does it? Okay. I thought it was just like a mystery. (laughs) I apologize if I got that wrong, but it's M-A-N-O-J. Manoy? Okay. Manoj? Manoj? But yes, he does have a name. Just M. I always thought that was like part of the mystery, (laughs) or I thought maybe it's like something really boring, like Mark, or like Michael, or like Matthew. Like a really, not a boring name, but like just for the kind of film he makes, like a yeah. Michael Shyamalan movie doesn't, yeah, it yeah. doesn't sound. Well, good. I mean, you know, he is Indian, so Manoy Nelayatu is what his name is, I think. In okay. Night Shyamalan. Oh, I so, see. It should have yeah. just been like Dark Knight Shyamalan. <laughs> <laughs> the Dark Knight. The Dark Shyamalan. Night. Good night, Shyamalan. Yeah. Okay, so I tried to like, you know, <laughs> I, I tr- I'm trying with this, man. <laughs> I'm, so I'm just trying. Let's just get into it. Welcome to this episode from the Patrol Cinecast oh. called Shamalamania. It's another edition of Shamalamania here and now exclusively on Patreon. So thank you, backers over here on Patreon. Tell the other people, a, a friend in your life who likes the Patrol Cinecast. I don't know if you know anybody that likes us. That's weird, isn't it? <laughs> that would know, be I'm weird. It would be like really weird if there was people like sitting around talking about like you know what podcast i like the patrol syncast and be like yeah dude i love that podcast like there's that that's never, never happened, happened in any and it probably never in any timeline <laughs> in any universe it's never gonna happen yeah but anyway we're exclusively here on patreon where we are going through the career of the master of the twist the one and only m night Shyamalan. now we've gone through the sixth sense we've gone through an unbreakable we continuously preface this with us trying to figure out like when did this guy turn into like a QAnon, you know, (laughs) red pill pill filmmaker, uh, which is a bit of a joke. You know, it's, it's all, it's all fun. It's a theory. To be honest, I I really like him. Night Shyamalan so far, like his, but but there's going to be a period end because these are the thing, the ones I really like. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting to a period kind of the, of the unknown past this. And I'm kind of excited about that, to be honest. I'm terrified because I knew what to get. (laughs) I knew what we were getting into for these past three films. So it's like, I know what I'm in for, but after this, like, I know the twist for the village, 
but mm-hmm. I haven't seen the village since like it came out. Yeah, me too. And I don't and I remember. remember like, it. I remember liking it, and I hope I still yeah. like it, but it's not. I'm not sure now. <laughs> then there's Lady in the Water, which I haven't seen all of, but I've seen bits of, and I don't really remember anything about it except Paul Giamatti's in it. And then <laughs> after that, you get into like weird stuff. So there's like the happening. It's the whole it's period the of films. It's I, the end I of just his career. Didn't watch. And then, yeah, and I, just, then he comes I didn't watch back any of them. Split, yeah. yeah. I completely just didn't watch any of them. And then, yeah, you get back to Split, which I did watch. And then, you know, we've watched the last couple uh, that have come out in cinemas. So it's going to be an interesting sort of period where we're kind of getting into this guy. But I, I kind of want, always wanted to say it's like we're, we're doing a lot of joking and laughing about M. Night's like, you know, choices and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, we always say he's a great director. Oh, amazing and director. He's got some and great ideas. Ideas, ideas man. Great the, the ideas. Thing. But then his writing's a bit clunky. Mm -hmm. So it it leads us to like kind of laugh and pick fun at stuff like that. And then we also kind of like, you know, uh, we're always kind of laughing, you know, about, you know, our own little weird headcanons about like him falling down a Q-pill rabbit hole, which is just the joke. Like, I don't fucking know. But man, this film's hilarious, man. And I'm just like, I'm just trying to say we're going to get in some funny fucking theories here. But, uh... I don't know. I don't know, man. We've we've been saying the last couple have been our favorites. You know, we had like the Sixth Sense, you know, classic. Yeah. Started it all. Unbreakable. I mean, one of my favorites. Mm. And then now we're going to turn our attention to what is another one that I feel like is in close contention of yeah. a favorite. Yeah. With what film, Phil? Fine. What can make geometric shapes the size of a football field? What kind of machine can bend a stock of corn over without breaking it? Can't be by hand, it's too perfect. So the aliens can't read our minds? Oh. Some animals around the county have been acting funny. Some of them violent. It's almost like they act when they smell a predator around. Amman, Nairobi, Bangalore, and Jerusalem as the Same latest. Same shows on every station. Every station? It is the 18th reported crop site in that country in the last 72 hours. I'm a little scared. All this stuff on TV. Joe Gills was in here talking about the end of the world. They're staying in the shadows. It's called probing to make sure things are all clear. Clear for what? For the rest of them. There's a monster outside my room. Can I have a glass of water? Ground forces are being assembled. It's happening. Don't be afraid. Believe it's going to pass. Don't be afraid. They're in the house. Here it comes. Don't be afraid.
After his wife dies from getting hit by a car, everything that former priest turned farmer Graham Hess, played by Mel Gibson. Oh my God. Oh no. Yeah. We're going to get into that. (laughs) A man who has lost faith in God. Everything he assumed about the world is changed when he discovers a message, an intricate pattern of circles and lines carved into his crops. A crop circle. (laughs) Thank you. As he investigates the unfolding mystery what he finds will forever alter the lives of his brother, played by Joaquin Phoenix, Ooh, and his my children. Boy, Joaquin. Roy Culkin and Abigail Breslin. Holy shit. Oh. We're talking about aliens, Phil. It's the 2002 sci-fi horror film written and directed by M. Night Shyamalan. It's time to swing away, Meryl. Hot takes off the gate, Phil. Swing away. Um, man james james howard shore was just like coming in here he's just like he's just like (laughs) uh, i mean i'll get into it but like you know this motherfucker was just like dude you know what i was really inspired by alfred hitchcock's the birds (laughs) when i was writing this film so james i want you to give me some hitchcock here and he's like, all right, cool. Well, I think I got an idea no for film. like, you know, the, the, <laughs> the opening for this uh, film. But uh, you got any other sort of vibes or feelings? He's like, oh, just, just play the hits, James. Just, just play the hits. Because like the- after, after that, like opening, right it's away. all just like. I felt that. It's just right away. I, and then it was just like. I kept thinking. Box standard. <laughs> I kept thinking that. That thing you <laughs> said. You might, you might have said it in the first, the, during Next Sentinel, the last one. But you were just like, literally any of these scores could work on any of these films. And you're absolutely <laughs> yeah. right. They just, they're just always the same. They work, but they're yeah. just like, they're completely like transferable. Like it does not matter. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, Sign though. In close contention, it having just rewatched it maybe overtakes me. I fucking love Stein, dude. <laughs> so great. much it slapped, dude. And I just watched it re- like I didn't watch it growing up. Dusty showed it to mm. me over lockdown. Oh, okay. Um, because yeah. she loved it, and I was just like. Right, like immediately, I'm just like, I love this film. This is amazing. It's so, so good. And then I rewatched it today because I'm just like, I, you know, I'd like to rewatch him anyway because I don't know it that well and I'm going to forget all the little details. But it just fucking, it just had like incredibly like well put together movie. Again, M. Night Shyamalan is just like a master in building tension and atmosphere and suspense seemingly out of nothing. You know, like nothing mm. is happening for a lot of the movie. If anything, I think it gets weaker when it starts to show stuff. I think that's my only real problem with the movie. It's just like, yeah, could yeah, it yeah, just yeah. maybe it's just could it like of the time a bit? The effects aren't always great. I just feel like ah, oh, you don't need to show me so much. Um, but yeah, sorry, leaving that out. It's just really great. It's a really fucking engaging, emotional, entertaining. Right. It just hits all the beats, like all the M night beats, but like probably all on running on like, like top form. Like it's a really, like he likes dealing with these sort of broken families and you have a really lovable group here and all played to perfection. Even, you know, obviously Mel Gibson is sort of 
a very problematic, controversial figure. <laughs> By all accounts, an awful person. But that dude was a fucking great actor, and he's great yeah. in this movie. And so it's Joaquin yeah. Phoenix playing, like, again, I'd, Joaquin Phoenix like, my favorite actor. So just, I think anything he does is great, but, like, he is really I've got a good. theory about Joaquin Phoenix in this film. In this I'll, movie. I'll, yeah, I'll tell you when I get to it. Okay. Because there's, like, I've got a little bit of notes, but it's not much. But there is something about Joaquin Phoenix that's, like, him being in this film. And it's very interesting. And then it, like, really kind of blew my mind, like, when I started thinking about it a little too much. Okay. But I'll get to it. Okay, yeah. I'm down for that. But, yeah, he played, like, he's always committed and always, like, really believable and interesting. But, it's like, this is an, I don't see him get to play this kind of character. He's kind of mm. like a... You know, a hometown boy, kind of a jock who's like, you know, sort of parted wonder youth, if you will. Yeah. Um, we got some Mr. Baseball in this. Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, the kid, meet the- the kids are really good. Again, Yeah. you know, that, uh, that, uh, that can go either way. But yeah, Ro- I mean, you got a Culkin. Rory so Culkin. So it's the youngest. Like, so it's Rory not, Culkin. It's the one from Lord of the Chaos. Yes. Not the other yes. one who's on Think Nation now. That's no, Death no, no, Kieran. that is uh, Kieran, yeah, who is having from, himself a moment. Yeah. Yeah. Also, yeah, 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 from uh, Scott Pilgrim Scott and Pilgrim, Armalone. yeah. I just get, I get him confused. Um, yeah. Abigail Breslin, obviously, would go on to do yeah. that. Sunshine, she, Zombieland, great, great shit. career for a few years. I mean, she's kind of, it feels like it's slowed down a little bit. But sure, It's kind yeah. of a shame. Like, there's a few, it's weird. Like, I was thinking about this the other day. You know, like, there's, like, the window, obviously, you know, it's still very real, but uh, like I, I think like there's certain women like a Julia Louise Dreyfus who's like you know proving people wrong and still getting like a lot of good roles later in her career and she's yes, having this yes, nice yes. resurgence and stuff. But there is a very real window for, for women sure, dude. in Hollywood uh, for and longevity <laughs> and it gets smaller and smaller. But like it's weird. I just start thinking this and it just kind of popped in my head just now. There was a period of time. Post, uh, for like for real, it it kind of starts with Sixth Sense, you know, like because you had uh, Haley Joel Osment come, and he had this like like blowing everybody away with his like role in mm. in that, and then he got like you know he was an AI, and then pay it forward, pay it forward, yeah. So he had this like little career here, and it sort of like started like uh, can we find the next like Haley Joel, like this kid who's like really fucking good. It was like something you hadn't really seen since like a Tatum O'Neill or something like that, or Jodie Foster back in the day. Sure, so it was like finding this next great, like just really good child actor. And you had like, you know, Abigail Breslin came into this film, but she was in, you know, like little miss sunshine and had this great fucking role there. And then, you know, there was uh like Dakota Fanning and her little sister, Elle oh, Fanning, yeah, man. both having like little moments, but especially Dakota. And I started thinking about Dakota. Yeah, because like, Elle Fanning, I feel like, got more recognition a little bit later. Yeah, like Dakota later, Fanning yeah. got more kid. As a child, she's in the yeah. other alien one. She's in War of the World. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> Which, Which is very similar. directly riffing off, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I was watching Once Upon a Time in Hollywood the other night. Oh, yeah, because uh, she's in that. <laughs> That film's so fucking funny, man. That's like a great I, was, movie. I was loving it actually. You know, I, I think it's like those moments where like, you know, you want to take the piss out of Tarantino because it's like obsession with feet and shit. But he just goes but, man, for it now. There's movie. a couple of moments where like I get it. I, I can totally understand why, like, you know, uh, you know, like Bruce Lee's family would be like, fuck this. Yeah, fuck off a bit. I yeah. get it. I get it. But like you take out a lot of this silly stuff, like, man, I love like just 
the characters of like Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio and stuff and just like mm. the shit they get into is just really funny and like you know Brad Pitt going into like you know Spawn Ranch and shit and just dealing Ooh. with all the like the crazy ass you know uh Manson girl uh Manson Manson girls and Manson you know family, she plays right. squeaky from like yeah you know, so I, it got me thinking I was like man what happened to Dakota Fanning it's like she's obviously still in stuff and she's still successful but it's like man she like you just think like wow and it's weird it just like got in my head I was like man is this like weird window for like she started so young that her window just closed yeah, yeah. down on her like Due before she even dilation. hit her prime like yeah what? it's not even it's not fair <laughs> yeah but anyways, um, shit, yeah. No, no, sorry. I don't even know what I was talking about. Yeah, uh, <laughs> just great, delicate, really likable mm. family. The Thanos, I think they're the core. I think that really carried it, the movie through, even through the rougher patches. It, it's scary. It's bad. It's funny. And he let yeah. it be funny this time. It's not just accidentally funny. It's genuinely fun. Like the bits that are meant to be funny work like Mel Gibson running yeah, around yeah. screaming, you know, and he's not, yeah, yeah, and he's yeah, not yeah, able yeah. to curse, you know, I'm insane. Curse, yeah. yeah. Things like that. Yeah, the, beat your ass, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Just that cut. That all the, the, yeah. the, you know, the fucking him walking in and them all wearing the tinfoil yeah, hat. The, 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 the things that have become memes and stuff. Like there's exactly, literally like a dude. meme film now. Like, yeah. you know, that's one of the biggest memes like on the internet. Like you see the tinfoil hat thing all the time. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Know? I, I, I honestly, I really love it. It just really, I find it really, really emotionally affecting as well. Like the way he sort of slowly reveals mm. the backstory and like, yeah. Oh God, it's just so horrible to think about. But that the moment where he, he's going to speak to his wife for the last time and they just yeah. keep peppering that in before you kind of finally get the whole thing and it cut right in the middle of the action sequence, right? Yeah. At the the end. climax I, at the end. I thought yeah. that was really good. And it comes together. And even if it's a bit, I don't know. Maybe it's a bit preachy. I I do like these stories about faith and fate and coincidence and you know the film on the surface is obviously about it's a fun sort of like sci-fi thriller horror, but underneath it's obviously a movie about faith and forgiveness. But yeah, but it's it's this thing, and that's why I said at the beginning. What's very distracting is M. Night putting himself in it in such a central <laughs> figure. He's not in it a lot, but he his yeah. character holds weight, and it's yeah. two things. It's the whole faith thing that he really pushed. And the fact that he puts it in his mouth, really, you're just like, okay, so this is really the director pushing this sort of, you know, Christian. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. I, I don't man. know. And then he also yeah. drops the water bomb. And it's like, why is it water again? I think it's only yeah. weird considering just coming after Unbreakable where the hot, the yeah. hit weakness was also water for some reason. <laughs> like this dude's a hydrophobe or something. But like in this one, I get it. It works. And even creates like an exciting sort of set piece out of it. But, and I get it as a sort of reference to War of the Worlds where like the aliens are sort of defeated in a very simple manner as well. They're like, I think it's bacteria, something like that. It's something very common yeah, on Earth. Yeah, bacteria, yeah. Um, so, I like that, but it's just, it's weird in the greater context of this movie. And I just, there's, there's something here. Obviously this one is the, one of the more heavier of the religious sort of allegories, obviously, because it's a preacher at the center of it. But what I found yeah. really funny is the whole, ah, uh, it's just fucking a bunch of nerds. You know, they make up these secret societies and languages and it, they just do it because they can't get a girlfriend and to make themselves special. And yeah, then, do that shit. And then the nerds are right. 
and he becomes yeah. one. And I'm like, this is M. Night Shyamalan, dude. He's talking yeah. about his whole thing is like, we nerds are right. And it's just like, and I, and then it may, it reminded me of knock at the cabin where he yeah, makes dude, the it goes 4chan nerds yeah. are right. And in that They're one, right. it becomes really problematic, problematic and, and yeah. disconcerting because the message is messy and hurtful. It can be construed as that anyway. Yeah, especially when your cabin. main character is a queer queer couple. couple, like, you know, who have a... And God wants like, them Asian, to die. <laughs> yeah, an Asian daughter exactly. that they've adopted, you know, and we're at a very weird time. The thing is, I don't know. I'm really... I'm I, trying I don't to, know. I'm struggling to come to terms with M. Night because, like, I, you know, the more I look up stuff about him, it's like I start to see things. I mean, like, even as... The thing is, we could have gone all the way back to the very beginning, like we said, but we wanted to kind of start with the one that's the big one, all, the, yeah. one that, the really big one, the sixth sense. But his first couple of films were like religion films, mm-hmm. like religious films. Um, and like he, as a kid, you know, he's, he's, you know, uh, immigrant from India. His, his parents, like, you know, were Hindu. So he was raised Hindu and he went to a Catholic school. And I think it was sort of this weird thing where he didn't really fit in, you know, because he's just at this Catholic school and stuff. And I can imagine and I can see where he's coming <laughs> from because I do it with my songwriting sometimes. I write about religion in a weird way sometimes in, in some of my songs. And it's like mm. sort of like that battling things that you kind of grew up like with of people course. throwing weird shit at you and yeah, stuff. Yeah. But I don't know. It's that weird thing. I don't know if it comes across weird because M. Night Shyamalan's like weird writing. Like it's like clunky in a way that it doesn't really like, I don't know. It's like, he needs a weird filter or something, but at the end of the day, it's fucking a blast to watch this film's fucking great. Me and Jilly were watching and she was just like, you know what? Like, I think it's kind of cool. He just like, he he just gets to make these movies. This is like, you know, and I was just like, dude, yes. It's like, if one of your friends was like able to like get a lot of money to make a film. This is the kind of shit they would make, you know, yeah, it yeah. might have some cool ideas and stuff, but all together it's kind of silly, but then at the end of the day, it's still like great. It's no, just it like, ends great. Yeah. That's what it feels like. An M night film feels like your friend just made this shit. It's that <laughs> high. Know? I remember, uh, I think I said it before, but like Paul, shout out Paul, the way he described yeah. M night to me, was just like, he gets to make these like big budget B movies essentially. Yeah. And again, yeah, yeah, off yeah. the back of the other thing we recorded, there's definitely that yeah. schlocky element, but it's this thing oh, of like, so schlocky, yeah. he, but he takes the, again, unbreakable. It's very schlocky, right? It's a stupid fucking comic book film, but like yeah. he grounds it in such a way and takes it with utmost seriousness and sincerity and not in a way of he can't have fun with it, but like in that he just wants to treat it the actual idea of it as seriously as possible and try and get a full like movie out of it. That isn't just like, Oh shit. You know, like there's there's life in the movie beyond the really cool, like jump scare moments, but like, you know, there's actual, there's stuff to like think your teeth into and get you like actually caring. You you actually care. Yeah. That's the the difference. Plus it's just cool. I mean, like, you know, he's, like I said, he's like an immigrant to America and stuff, you know, like he's from India. American dream. It's awesome. He just gets to like make these fucking movies and stuff. And it's not something that a lot of like, you know, you know, foreign people get to do in America. You know, it's hard being Mm. an outsider to just like make it through and just like be at the top of Hollywood, you know, like making films for for years. And like, yeah, they're a bit silly. Yeah. Yeah, they're a bit silly, they but they're fun, silly. man. Like, I mean, I for me, for signs, like when I saw this, like I saw it when it kind of came out. I don't remember if I saw it in cinemas or not, but like, 
I've said this numerous times and like, this isn't the first, this is a nice little treat for you guys inside the, uh, you know, the brains of John and Phil for later in the year. Like we're doing something a little bit different in Halloween, you know, this year. And, uh, this is a secret here on Patreon. So keep your mouth shut. Yeah. But like, you know, aliens, man, I've talked about it before <laughs> over here on Patreon, especially when we did Nope. Yeah. Um man, aliens, dude. Like I when love I was a kid. Alien movies, man. Alien. I, I loved those them. Books, but they those also books that they're reading the in signs. I had books like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Where it's like, oh, I probably didn't this. just because it would freak me out too much, you know. <laughs> but I used to watch stuff and like, you know, and there's a couple of things later that we'll do later in the year. Uh either on the main timeline or maybe on Patreon. We'll see what happens with this schedule. But like the films that freaked me out as a kid and gave me such a weird like fear of aliens mm-hmm. as a little kid. Um, and you know, I'm fine now. Like I don't have these weird, <laughs> like fucking fears and shit, but like a film like this, like not necessarily was like something. I think I was closer to the tail end of like being over it. Cause by mm-hmm. this point, I don't know, 2002, I was like, you know, 12 or 13 when I saw this film. So I probably like, you know, wasn't as scared of aliens anymore, but it has, one of the scariest scenes, like in any like film, <laughs> when they're at the fucking birthday, like well, they're watching TV and it's the birthday party in Brazil. Oh, like that scene, yeah, 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 where the alien just comes out and like that scene yeah, the is one. Of, like it, it often gets like you know put on list of scariest scenes in film history, which is awesome. Like you know, M Night has that, and mm. it's like. Like, that's a cool fucking thing to say. Like, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. hey, man, like a scene in a silly alien film I made, like, you know, it's one of the, it's like, it's one of the scariest scenes ever. And also, like, just in general, like some of the stuff he was doing in this film, like you were saying, I mean, like having like a uh, Mel Gibson, I know Mel, we'll get to it. I mean, fuck Mel Gibson. But at the same at time, the time. <laughs> at the time, pre the, like, this was before he goes on his tirade. But, yeah. you know. Pre pre that, I mean, like, dude, I, I, it reminded me a lot of like why I really like the Patriot. It's like it's a bad fucking, <laughs> it's a bad problematic like you know, uh, piece of shit kind of movie. Oh. Like you know, in terms of like what it's fucking preaching and stuff. But Bill Gibson and Heath Ledger and stuff, just being at the heart of it and being this like really caring father. Like he was at the top of his game back then, <laughs> like playing that kind of role, uh-huh. like this fucking father that would do anything for his family sort of character or whatever. And like, you know, just like having that weird connection, you know, just like a very likable guy at the time, mm-hmm. you know. And it's just like he's really good in it. And uh, like you said, like you know. I'll get into him a little bit, but Joaquin Phoenix, this is like early, like early days of his adult career. Yeah. You know, yeah just yeah. come off the back of uh gladiator sort of like, you know, he's heading towards like, you know, his superstardom of like, you know, his adult career mm-hmm. um, that only gets bigger and bigger, really, you know, Joaquin. <laughs> I guess but he's also yeah, like such an enigma, way. man. He's yeah. Cause he, he has that bit where you man. like, you think he's peaked. Cause he get he goes up to walk the line and that's like Oscar nominated yeah. and stuff and then he he becomes a bit disillusioned. He had takes sabbatical. He does the whole like I'm still here thing. And he well, comes, yeah, that was all like a fucking joke as yeah, itself exactly. anyway. No, like, exactly. it wasn't a real sabbatical. <laughs> and then he come, but he comes back with like bangers, like the master and stuff. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you know he done two back to back with PTA and Hempfight. And then it's just like and her. And quiet, quiet, quiet. And, quiet. Then, and then fucking boom, boom, Joker, Joker, Oscar. All right. And then just like, I'm just going to do quiet indie movies for a bit again. Like now I'm in both yeah. afraid and shit. And it's just like, 
it, that dude's all over the place in the major, but yeah, it's a cool younger role to, for him. Yeah, but then you get like uh, it's interesting too because you you get the kid. He's still trying. He had two kids this time. Still trying to be a Haley Joel. <laughs> ah, <laughs> still trying so hard, and it's like he's like man, two kids at the time. <laughs> I need a kid that's like gonna cry here, and you know. Roy Culkin's cute like Haley Joel, but he's not like, he's not crying here. And Abigail Breslin, she's crying and stuff, but it's like, for whatever reason, like, it's just like, actually, you know, Abigail Breslin is so good in this movie because like, she's so young that she doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. I think it's it's so perfect for her character. Yeah. I think it's that kid in Dennis the Menace. Uh, Apple. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Apple. Yeah. Yeah, Like she, she's so young. That it's so weird. Like, I can't imagine she's completely grasping what's going on here in this film set and everything. And like, everything must probably just feel so real and just strange. I don't know, but it mm. just, it just felt that way watching her. Uh, but then, yeah, Roy Culkin, he's like good, but it's like. He's no Haley Joe. Although he had one really good cry in the movie yeah, when yeah, 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 Mel Gibson is telling him about what the story of his birth. Yeah. And that, yeah, that yeah. bit's really good. <laughs> But then we get uh, Joaquin Phoenix crying the whole time or looking like he's about he's to cry. So it's crying. like, he's, he's got it. He's, he's, got like, it. he's, he's on. like, come on, Joaquin, come on, man. And he's just like, wonder, like they're crying thing. or about to cry the entire movie. And he's just like, I could do that. <laughs> it's really strange. Cause like going in, yeah. like not knowing like that they did end up making two movies together. I'd be like, I feel like their style would clash completely because obviously Joaquin yeah. seems to be a more naturalistic actor where he sort of mm. goes and finds the thing and he'll experiment and try multiple versions. Maybe this is sort of before he's maybe more traditional at this point, but like M. Night's been very like strict and blocked out and very, it looked very specific in how he wants an actor to move and speak. <laughs> and I would, I would just imagine there would be a clash there, but there seemed to be, yeah. they seem to, they must've liked each other. He does come back. For, yeah. Well, I'll, for get, I'll get in shortly of like why he was in this film, but like, I ju- it just reminded me of, uh, oh, man. So there was two moments in this film that like, re- like, Man, like everything's going along so well, but then it just like quickly reminds you you're watching an M Night film, and it's just like, man, this is some bollocks right here. <laughs> it's like, M. It's like M. this is why I love, the this is why I love this shit, man. All right, so there's there's two scenes in particular. All right, so there's one where uh, the little kid, Roy Culkin's character, he's talking about. Um, like it's like when the lights appear and stuff or, or the crops are, I can't remember. Maybe it's the lights in the sky mm. and the little kid, just like uh Rory Culkin just going off. Like, yeah, we need to get a tape. And he goes and gets the tape and it's like his sister's ballet recital. And she's no, my ballet uh, recital. And she like pulls the tape and he's like, uh, come okay. on dad. And he's just like, come on. Get he's like, one. he's like, this is, he's like, you know, this, this is like something that, you know, it's, it's like, it's going to change the world, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, you're going to want to like, record this so that you could show this to your kids and yeah, you could yeah, say yeah. that you were there like you know everything you know about history books is going to be like rewritten or science books or whatever is going to be rewritten and it's just like weird clunky writing but then you know he goes and gets the tape another tape and he it's goes Meryl's and puts tape. it in and they start to and then boom on the tv screen not like 
Two seconds later, does someone go verbatim? Everything you know about like your science books is about to change. <laughs> like, and then he's like, "Told you, come on, uh, come on!" Like it's just so weird. Like the writing and all of the shit on the TV. Like Julie and I were laughing. We we're like, "Man, M Night loves that shit, doesn't he?" Because it's like all the way through, uh, like knocking the cabin. This is like. Like seriously, a heavy double feature for knocking the cat for sure, it's dude. Yeah, no, that, that that bit is very much <laughs> just a weird repeating joke. Isolated, in knock of the yeah. cabin, the whole like we're gonna tell you this thing. Boom, TV sends the same exact thing. Yeah, and it's like the TV is like this really like really low budget weird shitty like news. Like it's like but no news the you've ever seen. In your life. Like the most high <laughs> fucking deaf video <laughs> yeah. footage you've ever seen. Yeah, they make no. Sense. Yeah, it's like cinema like grade the, cameras of like floods and stuff. Yeah, and this shit and like uh, in this film, man, like when you have the guy like sitting there talking about aliens and stuff on the like TV screen or, or crop circles or whatever he's talking about crop circles. It's like no news you'd ever see in your life where she was like like, everything's on the same channel and then they go in and then like it's like there's been crop circles all over india and then it's just like this guy just sitting in his chair in some office just like talking like so matter of factly he's just like you know like some say that this sort of thing is a hoax but we don't know it's appearing all over the place Blah blah blah. We don't know. Maybe this is the end Maybe of the world. Says, yeah. And it's just <laughs> nobody it's just like would, yeah. What? <laughs> nobody like, talks like news? that. No TV is yeah. like that. Nobody talks like the way characters talk in M Night Shyamalan movie. Yeah. And you really <laughs> notice that when they become when they're like public figures on TV and stuff. Yeah. Where you're like no, that's not. Even like the the kids talk like grown ups and the grown ups talk like kids. It just yeah. really like it's like that monologue he does to Joaquin. The whole, That's the second thing I was going to talk about. The two groups of people. It's the, the amazing. It's the best part of the film it in is, terms of like so the lines. Yeah. But it's like, I feel like it's but the most the well-written line. thing. It is, yeah. That, like, that he says throughout this whole thing. And then it's like, then it becomes an M. Night film. When Joaquin. Oh, no, that bit made it for me, dude. I love that bit. <laughs> That's when I knew it was a miracle. <laughs> But that shit broke me. I just started laughing so hard at that. I was just like, dude, this is great. Because, like, the whole time you're kind of snickering at, like, what, you know, Mel Gibson's saying. But you're like, but at the same time, this is, like, probably the best bit of writing you've done in this film. And it's, like, there's some truth there. And And I like the sentiment of it. Yeah. Yeah, the sentiment. This is your whole through line as well. It's a whole thing about seeing signs and miracles versus, like, coincidence. who are you? Yeah. That's your whole We know who M. Night Shyamalan is. We know which group he's in. (laughs) <laughs> they're killing your mom, man. Yeah. <laughs> Make your kids cry, bro. Make your kids cry, bro. <laughs> Trying to test faith, bro. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, then you have that whole, like, you know. Oh, I loved like, that oh. story. That was so funny. You know, uh, yeah, I was once about to make out with this girl. Oh, you know. Man, she, great. She, you, you know her. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know. And uh, I, I realized I had gum in my mouth. <laughs> and I was like, oh. so I turned, he goes, you know, spit it out. And then I turn around and look. And then Christy just like it puked all up over herself. And I was just like, man, that was a miracle right there. I'm I'm in the miracle camp. <laughs> it's, it's that line. Oh, you said that way. Like, I would, no, he's like, he goes right up to me. He's like, I wouldn't have been God for life. I wouldn't have got over it. <laughs> It's just so funny. It's so like stupid. that's his priority, you know what I mean? Oh man. I that was don't. like seriously though, like those bits were sort of like my uh like or particularly the um 
just repeating the same line like verbatim like if like this That's is right. gonna change yeah. like books forever it was like literally like my I still think the Unbreakable one's the best, but like you know, the fucking you know, Egyptian. in ancient Egypt, <laughs> you can see behind me. Hieroglyphics. No, but this had, this uh, one's got like a lot of. That's something I I wish they delved. Maybe just because I like Joaquin, I want to see more of him. I think that an interesting arc happening with him and his character wanting yeah, to escape dude. this town. Um, you know, looking to enlist <laughs> in the army and stuff. Yeah, and he's not. I completely like just didn't realize that uh, Michael Showalter was in. Yes, this from fucking well, American like, Summer. Yeah, I completely like. I remember giving him shit about strikeout record. I kind of remember that like whole thing, which dude, that in itself is hilarious because Mister Mister Baseball oh, made me come out, and I was just like, dude, like today, away. like when this film was made, like being like a big time slugger and like hitting a lot of home runs and stuff is like great. But like, yeah, if you well, that strike power a lot, behind it. Yeah. Like that would be like a, a really bad thing. But today, dude, like, man, don't give a fuck. <laughs> they don't care about strikeouts anymore. Like not nearly as much. He man. would if be you playing could hit the ball, like the 500, league. 500 feet. Like you would be in the majors for You'd sure. Be a hero. Yeah. <laughs> They'll find a way. But there's something, you know, yeah. To hide your, I did like the Mr. Baseball thing, and the way it all comes together at the end, I was like, you know what? I want to say this is bollocks, and it's it's very corny, but I yeah. I just I like it. I just like that the whole swing like <laughs> the swing away, man. I really like that payoff, yeah. and I just love yeah, yeah. that everything she said comes to fruition in one moment. And yeah. even like ugh, that's what I mean, like with the whole asthma thing. I think maybe that goes a bit too far. <laughs> well, it's yeah, just like yeah, but, no, that's just. Uh, it's and then the whole like, oh she she it's like it's, it's all meant the, to happen, the whole reasons why like she 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 leaves all the water around because they're all contaminated and stuff and like that that ends up being the weakness of the aliens yeah like, shit. yeah, Holy yeah. Shit, the water the water probably like, they're the never water gonna again. fucking see the shit I can't they're not gonna just like, they're gonna be like no nah, it's not gonna what, be water what could be the truth it's just that he they just won't fucking see it coming it just could halfway through the movie M Night Shyamalan the director M Night Shyamalan said that. He's like, I don't think they like water very much. I'm going to go down to the lake. Yeah. All right. That came out of nowhere. <laughs> Not like they've been thinking about that. And then Mel Gibson's like, apparently they don't like water. We should probably go, right? And just, just like, like, who said then, that? Who yeah, said that? Yeah, who did? Nobody? Nobody said that. What are you, what are you talking about? It that's make, not true. <laughs> yeah, that's not, it doesn't make any sense and like i don't think i would argue there's not really a twist in this movie i don't think that's yeah, there, a twist there isn't i think yeah. if that is the twist not a shit twist i think it's him i think this is i would i would have said oh he's kind of trying to pull away like unbreakable has sort of a soft twist it's like yeah just at the end it's been like building up to that moment it's not like a twist with unexpected like in six sense. and in this yeah. one it's a bit softer as well. There are sort of swerves in it, but it's things that you're kind of, that are there the whole time. So I think mm-hmm. I would have thought, oh, this is tough. You know, he's trying to get out of this sort of twist mentality. But the next one is like a big old fucking twist in it. It's the whole movie <laughs> sort of hinges yeah. on it. Um, yeah. Like the whole significance of it. But yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah I do. I love the, that pet. I just, this is like Joaquin the fucking, twist is it like he's he's like heavy into religion, bro. <laughs> like, yeah, he's like dude, proper religion, bro. Let me tell you like, something. And he finds in faith again, man. But there was more <laughs> fun in him not 
being a clergyman anymore. Like him going to the farm and the girl, oh, dude. The girl going back to, to the confess. pizza place. Yeah, he's like, don't, <laughs> I don't want any of you talking with that girl, okay? Okay. Yeah, that shit's hilarious, man. That's, That's so really funny. good shit. Like when they're in the bookstore and like the little kid's just like, you know, do you have any books on aliens? And this guy's just like, don't tell me you believe in this crud. And the <laughs> woman's just like, you know what, darling? I think we do. We accidentally had one come in on, uh-huh. on an order. And uh, I think I just saved it for the city folk. And I'm just like, dude, <laughs> this is great. This yeah. is bollocks, man. This, this is so great. Good. But you know what's funny? So funny. It's uh, M. Night. Obviously, he's still sticking, you know, he's in Pennsylvania, but he's not in Philadelphia, and he has no idea how people outside of Philadelphia act at all. <laughs> you know, like, and he's like, know. it's just like, oh, these city people. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. if anything, those people would believe it. Like the yeah. small farming t- type with the crop circle, they'd be selling t shirts and shit. It'd be the city folk who are like, nah, this is a hoax, fuck off. Yeah, this is silly, come on. Yeah. It's hilarious, yeah. though. This is some crazy shit. I started getting into like, you know, I was going to be like, oh man, let's let's uh, do a little bit of research on this film, find a little bit of stuff to make this episode a little bit more interesting. Not that it really needs it. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ. But uh, literally Jesus Christ. Yeah, literally Jesus Christ. <laughs> but I start like looking around and like I start pulling, I feel like I want to do this every time. Just find something new that I didn't know about M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> like, uh, you know, last time we were trying to figure out like, you know, oh, did Bruce really, Willis actually really like him? Like, you know, what's what, what still here? So this time I've got something that's really funny. So apparently M. Night Shyamalan's name is linked to the 2001 film Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, a.k.a. Sorcerer's Stone in America. Yeah, because they aren't philosophers in America. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but it was com- uh, conflicted with the production of Unbreakable, so he didn't didn't go ahead with it. That's insane, right? He was meant to do Harry Potter? He was linked, at least, linked. like as a name, a potential name. Well, there's, a, there's a definitely a parallel universe where, I mean, he does do one in the future, we'll get there, but like where he just does like Hollywood like like kid film because he wrote yeah. Stuart Little or he was a writer that was another it. thing yeah that's another thing I've pulled out I did not know that he was one of the co-writers of Stuart Little yeah that's right. insane what that's <laughs> like George Miller making Babe you know what I mean yeah, or like yeah, Noah yeah, Baumbach yeah. writing Madagascar 3 or whichever yeah, one he that's did that's crazy did you know that he also did an, that same year an uncredited rewrite for She's All That and that's <laughs> why that film got greenlit for production really could he what he could yeah he his rewrite, rewrite was so significant like it wasn't just like a passover it was a, a he like proper rewrote the whole thing rewrote rewrite but he was uncredited and it was the reason why that film got greenlit apparently that's insane because that's like a big fucking like 90s like teen movie man like yeah a that's proper, a defining like, movie parody film movie. yeah yeah that's is that amazing. the one with hacky sack uh then the movie I forget which one. Someone tell me. Where Freddie Prince Jr. is really into hacky snack. And he does like a whole might, month. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he starts talking about, and he's doing he's like, hacky ah, snack. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. Snack. It, I it, think it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, because Janie is like an art, artist girl. And he, yeah. I think her name's Janie. Janie. Janie's got a gun. But She's got a gun. Yeah, I, could be mix, <laughs> I could be mixing it up with, uh, yeah, the Not Another Team. That's what I was thinking anyway, of, actually. The girl yeah. is uh, a art student nerd and they do the whole thing like oh we can turn her into like a 10 or whatever take her to the prom you know sure, just yeah, the whole yeah. fucking bullshit yeah she's not a league. um which like i think paul walker might be in that as well i think he is yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's out 
<laughs> Just throw a knife in there. Uh, anyway, insane, yeah, man. apparently, apparently he was, uh, yeah, like up for Harry Potter. And in 2006, while he was like doing press tours for Lady in the Water, he expressed that he remained interested in directing at least one of the two like final films. And, and they didn't let him do it. Yeah, and they didn't. He didn't end up doing it. He said the themes run through it: the empowering of children, a positive outlook. You name it, it falls in line with my beliefs. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> he said I enjoy the with humor my strict in it. When religious read, belief. <laughs> when I read the first Harry Potter, and I, and I was thinking about making it, I had a whole different vibe in my head. <laughs> I don't want to know. I, I don't know. know. I don't want to know what this freak was thinking. Like, how's he? <laughs> well, Harry Potter is obviously Potter. the second coming of Jesus, and we know. <laughs> yeah. and I mean, dude, it already Jesus is. Friends. Yeah, it already it, is. it's already there. Um, I did. That, honest, that's it's probably a good thing, man. Don't. That, don't no, no, no. Like, but then, in that world with that transphobic lady, you know. You yeah, know, just yeah. stick to your Jesus, bro. Yeah, yeah you're, you're good. No, that's funny. I wouldn't. Again, I would have been like, that's a weird choice, but. Yeah. Actually, a very good choice considering, yeah, like the way he had um, represent kids in the film, and yet yeah, they're very positive, magical sort of films he makes. Yeah, every film he does is about people who have magic powers or something like that, or you know, or like you know, it hinges on someone who like, some supernatural has a, element, uh, supernatural, or like some degree of faith and stuff, and there's some power within that, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like his faith is ultimately what saved him in time. Yeah. Or it could have rained. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, <laughs> it, it just, it's a bit bollocks, but sure. Like, it's that thing of like, you can argue that yeah. like, the, the aliens don't fucking matter, right? It could be anything. It just, he needs yeah. to get over this thing and through the end of the world. I like it that the moment, again, I think it's that ending again. It's just cut together. In a way. It reminds me of the whole PTA thing where he talked about rug, frog raining from this guy. It just, you know, and that would sort of, he made Magnolia off the back of his dad passing away and stuff. And it's like mm. that sort of how unreal that felt. It was almost like that, the, that time he was going through it, like someone could have told him it's raining frog and he would have been like, yeah, like that, to- yeah. that totally fits with how I'm feeling. Like the world is completely insane to me now. And then that, that moment as well, where it's like him being face to face with an alien from another planet and being told that his <laughs> wife is basically like she's dying and this is the last time you're going to speak to her and like both are the same and I, I just like that I just like the, the literal like juxtaposition of those things and those are the things that carry over the really sillier bollocksy bit and it's I don't know for some reason there's like less because he's more in your face about it with this one yeah it feels almost like less preachy than like something like Sixth Sense, which is like they're always in the church and it's always constant <laughs> religious allegory. And even Unbreakable is like it's more just symbolic. And it's, yeah. you know, it, it's very grandiose in terms of it covers all religion. Um, yeah, but like he literally made himself like. But who is he in this, man? Is he the devil in this or is he an angel? He's like it's, it's an angel come to save be, Mel Gibson. It could be either way. But he like, came yeah, too early. Like, he should have come after the whole racist tirade. <laughs> <laughs> he came I mean, way I can too fix early, him. bro. Yeah, I can fix him. I can fix him. I mean, if anything, he set. He's the one. He's the catalyst for Mel Gibson, like his whole downward spiral. Anyway, what did Mel Gibson do directly after this film? Oh, uh, passion right after this. Yeah. 
Ah, and fuck. Then and that's when he goes crazy. Apocalypto. Apocalypto. And then, and then he goes crazy. He goes crazy and he starts yelling about the Jewish. I think people. there was and, a lot more going on but, here. Like Mel Gibson joked around it, like uh, that he was very secretive about his script and stuff, and that like it came with the padlock or whatever is like a joke that he said um, about his script, like M. Night's script was sure. like it came with the padlock. Uh, I think maybe Mel Gibson started giving getting like little pamphlets and stuff like, you know, extra stuff, door. extra materials, extra reading materials. Watchtower. His uh, script. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, M. Night made himself the, like. Do you have a pamphlet? There's a bit in the movie with like, do you have a pamphlet? I could, I could take, I could read. It's like, oh yeah. <laughs> M. Night just shoved like fucking religious literature in all his script. And you yeah. can't tell. It's funny the way you can read this film. It's like really hilarious because it's literally like, I read something, I don't know if it's true, but it was like the day after, they start shooting the day after uh, 9-11. Like literally 9-12. And they had a candlelight visual on set. But then I also read that like literally like, like one of the first things they shot was the whole scene where he's talking, like the whole wife thing and talking, or like talking to Ray Reddy and Mel Gibson had no idea that like M. Night Shyamalan was playing that character. Like oh, he really? didn't know who the guy was and it turned out it was M. Night and he was really surprised and it was just really strange. Like he was like, this is weird. So it was it's like, very, he was very secretive about it. But like, it's weird too because it's like M. Night made this house red, white, and blue. It's like <laughs> proper America. Like, mm. you know, it's this big, like the America house and like, you know, and they're the winner and blah, blah, blah. And even baseball, like being the America's pastime, being yeah, the old yeah. school America's pastime, being the reason why they like took this down. They took the yeah. foreigners down. Just, whatever water is, it's holy water. Holy water, man. What the great holy river of America. Holy fucking water. <laughs> holy fucking water coming to save the day at the end. Uh, blessed by the priest who found his faith. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's taking, he took his faith and then he like he gave it back to him, the same guy. It's like it literally is he's paying himself as like he's God. Oh, I don't know no. what he's saying here. I don't know if he's saying I'm a god of this film because I like I, I'm a filmmaker and I can do whatever I want to. Or he's like, dude, I'm God. I am God. I am literally God. I I am here to test you. I can do whatever I want. The whole These thing movies are like, a test of <laughs> one like, faith. Dude. He's like, dude, dude, uh, you know crazy i never fall asleep i was driving down that road i didn't pass a single car for miles but then that one 10 15 seconds that i passed by your wife it was like it was meant to be <laughs> i can't believe he said that to the guy like, who God his damn, wife who, whose wife he killed oh. i can't believe he said that he should not be able to say that if he said that, oh, come on. If you fucking, someone said that shit to you, you'd fucking. You seem to have problems with yeah. pantry doors. It's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, ah! oh my God. It's just too, he just like fumbled over the like detail. He's just like, oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. matter. Just get there. Someone needs to say this. So it works later. But it's just stupid. They have trouble. <laughs> Why do they have problems with pantry doors? This is the same thing of like weird comparison. <laughs> You have, have you seen Evil Dead Rise? No, not yet. Weird no. comparison. But there's a, there's a whole chunk in Evil Dead Rise where they lock the mother who'd been possessed by the demon out of the apartment. 
and that works. And I don't, why can't, what, why does the door stop her? You know what I mean? Like, why can't she break down a door? She's like a super strong, like demonic force. She can like yeah. break bones and shit and contort herself, but she can't yeah. get through a door. You know, it it's kind like of similar though to like the trap door. They keep the demonic possessed things in the original evil dead. I get, I, no, I know I get that, but it just, it just seems, but this is just a regular door. It's just yeah. like the front well, they, door they do, to the Do they not get out of that as well anyway, don't they? And the they do get out of it. And yeah. this one, she has to be let back in, basically. Someone has to open it. Like she's oh, a fucking she's a vampire. vampire. Yeah, yeah, it's just so <laughs> straight. And this is the same thing with like, why? Why do they have trouble with the pantry toys? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Know, this made it no didn't. sense. And they like struggle to get in through like all these like doors. But clearly like, you know, there's photos of aliens just, you know, burning the shit out of fucking like I, I just feel like he didn't do enough like research into aliens it's, it's advanced up to a point where he's like that's enough I don't need to know anymore but it's yeah. like if they're so we advanced, got caught up on crop circles that was it yeah crop circles and the fact that they're short because their brain is not civilized and that they wouldn't yeah. use weapons because nuclear yeah. war blah 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 but they cut they're not smart <laughs> enough to open a door and they're vulnerable to water and they haven't figured out that like they're going to a planet that's mostly water and they didn't think we don't have this on our planet. I hope it's okay. You know what I mean? I, I, I was like dying laughing actually at that scene where uh, another one of those amazing like fucking moments of M. Night Shyamalan just like giving way too much dialogue of, to like one person that's just like completely bullshit like stuff that he's saying. And it's the guy at the military office, like the general guy or whatever, the fucking recruiter guy. Sure, and he's sure, like, yeah. gives the whole, the whole anag- analogy of like what the aliens are doing and like, you know, history about them, like preparing for an invasion and stuff. And it's just like, it's so much. And it's just really intense. Yeah. Why did you, you give him like any of delivered? So it's just like, Jesus Christ, man, this is too much. <laughs> Too but it much. made me laugh so fucking hard. Like, yeah, it's like yeah, this yeah. is great. It's like the guy yeah. who's watching TV and he's just like, ah, oh, it's just a fucking Coke commercial. It's just a soda commercial. <laughs> yeah, I swear yeah. to God, I've been watching it all morning and I've seen 12 soda commercials. <laughs> I just, I love that. That's so They're funny. just trying to sell soda. It's trying, I knew great. it. I knew it. Well, it was after the success of The Sixth Sense and somewhat decent turn for Unbreakable that Shyamalan set a high bar for himself for his next script. He said he wanted to write something that had global significance and a universal message. Jesus. Jesus, uh, yeah. But he also... What the message? Yeah. Believe in Jesus. <laughs> we also worked as a fun, scary roller coaster ride, which it does. It does. It does. This film's great. Like, I already no, said, some great, scary moments. I mean, dude, like, the whole idea. So he, he, he like, you know jumps in with this whole idea of like the real life phenomenon of crop circles, the mm-hmm. unexplained crop circles, uh, largely most of the time been hoax, but you know, sure, sure. sometimes like there's weird things that happen that people can't really describe like, or explain that are in this weird sort of similar parallels, like, uh, the Nazca lines like are fucking strange. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, anyway, Shyamalan's inspiration was also the classic sci-fi horror f- films. Like I already said, the birds, he was really you know, influenced by that evasion of the body snatchers, but also Night of the Living Dead. You know, the whole idea of like getting these people holed up in a single remote location. Yeah, it has yeah, a definitely. Lot of those vibes. Yeah, boarding up the house at the end and everything. Yeah. And M. Night Shyamalan said that this was like the easiest of all of his movies to write and direct. I don't know. Maybe it's the Jesus stuff. He, <laughs> kind of like, like he, he felt, he he felt vindicated. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, yeah, Shyamalan was uh, first right in the film. The character Graham was actually meant to be older. In fact, it was offered to Paul Newman and Clint Eastwood. Oh, like an old man. Both, Yeah, but both of them turned it down, and eventually Shyamalan ended up with Mel Gibson, who found the script to be a page-turner. <laughs> extra pamphlets, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, there's a lot of extra and, pages. Yeah, no, that's part of it. Yeah, it's <laughs> like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jesus exactly. The Lord and say, "Oh, great!" Yeah. Have you heard about Jesus and the Jews? Whoa! <laughs> Whoa. Let's read about this more, shall we? Jesus Christ! They run the world, you say. Oh, God. <laughs> but anyway, he happily accepted. <laughs> he happily accepted the role, and uh, thus they made the character younger. Uh, but he watched this film, this 2000 film called You Can Count on Me, and apparently he was quite a fan. In fact, he was such a fan that he cast two of the actors from the film for signs. So one of them was Roy Culkin, who plays the son Morgan. And he also cast Mark Ruffalo as Graham's brother Merrill. So this was originally oh, supposed to be same Mark sort of Ruffalo. Five, though. Yeah. Yeah. This is what I got kind of weird about. All right, so... Shortly before the film went into production, this is crazy. I'm not even. Oh this. no! Mark Ruffalo dreamed that he contracted a brain tumor during the shoot. The next day, he went to the doctor, and he found out he really did have a brain tumor. He did, yeah. Forcing him to drop out of the film, only to be replaced by Joaquin Phoenix, who is probably friends with Mark Ruffalo. Mm. And the tumor and gave him that brain. <laughs> <laughs> to recruit the nine, but it did cost him the hearing in his left ear mm-hmm. and it nearly paralyzed his face. And it took him like about a year or so, or maybe a little less, but anyway, like to fully recover sure, to the yeah. point where he started acting again. So he was out for about a year. Although he did, I don't know, Hollywood's weird, you know, films get made one in one year and then they'll come be out, out like yeah. two or three years later. But, but he, it's, he seemed to always have films coming out. So it never really looked like a proper gap. But anyway, I have this weird theory that like Joaquin Phoenix went in with the idea of like, I'm playing this like a Mark Ruffalo role. Cause like, it's weird. It doesn't feel like Joaquin. It doesn't like, you know, mm, I can it's see a weird you thing. You already kind of said it. Like it's sort of like, he's not, you, you don't usually see him play roles like this. No, no, it feels a bit odd. It feels like Mark Ruffalo could have played that role. Very, yeah, very right. much so. Yeah. And Joaquin does a great job in it, but at the same time, it's almost like, is Joaquin Phoenix like going in, knowing that the, the yeah. script is a bit silly and just like hamming it up a little bit, but also like being a chameleon and being Mark Ruffalo. He's like the alien. <laughs> you know, with the skin changing? Yeah. He's just like that. He's just become Mark Ruffalo. Man, this fucking bullshit is turning me into a conspiracy theorist, man. I swear to God. <laughs> like, in my no, head, but I'm just these like, movie, dude. dude, these movies are designed to turn you to conspiracy theories because they're all based in conspiracy theories. And yeah, then man. That, and then he slowly tells you how real they are. Again, the yeah. whole the nerds were right. You come in to this movie thinking this, is, this isn't real, this is fake, and these people are crazy. And then it's telling you, no, you're, it's actually all real and we're right. And conspiracy theorists are all correct, actually. And you should believe them and trust them and, yeah. you know, believe everything they say. You got to believe all your dreams and everything, you know, go to the doctor, get yourself checked out. It might actually be a tumor. Yeah, it's not a tumor. You should get checked out, though. Just, yeah, probably. Just side advice. 
not yeah. really related to this episode, but you should yeah. go check that. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't want. I don't want to. I probably should. I would rather not know. I'd rather not know and die. I hate Yeah, I'd rather, yeah, just let me suffer. Um, yeah. God damn it. Sad. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently when uh, Abigail Breslin auditioned for the film, which would end up being her film debut, it's her first film, uh, there was a dog hanging around named Bo, and she became really attached to it. Oh, and that way her name it. was Bo in the film, but I don't know if it was like just a coincidence that the character was already named Bo. But Phil, it was a sign. It was uh, a sign. Oh, what kind of person are you? Let me tell you, there are two types of people, two camps of people. Okay, <laughs> one just believe it. You know, if they get lucky. Um, but I didn't. No, I bet that's true because it's like the names are very specific in this movie. It's yeah. Merrill, Bo, Morgan, Graham, and Graham. And the dogs are Isabel and Houdini. Yeah. Why? Why? And Houdini <laughs> tries know, to like, the, the Houdini died. I mean, they both died. Fucking M. Night hate dogs. Yeah, it's an anti-dog dog film. Very anti-dog. <laughs> Let's see if that continues. Yeah. He's like the reverse. Roland Emmerich always had the dog survive. Or he always killed the dog. Oh, yeah. Or does no, he always kill dogs, a cat? I can't I, I feel like remember. the dog survived. There's an animal shit thing in there somewhere i don't was it like the animals are out of control what were we going on about like was it wes anderson hates cats oh yeah because of the right whole here. isle of dogs thing but then the cat in royal tenenbaum they get run over yeah oh no the oh, dog he hates dog. dogs that's right he hates dogs, he hates dogs. yeah because the dogs dog. kept getting killed yeah maybe m night's on that same thing I mean, m night's kind of twee right like he's a bit twee <laughs> he's a bit twee sure i'll give you he's that a twee like He's like, it's like Wes Anderson on a bad day. It's like when Wes Anderson with the cowlick, you know, it's like, it's just like, yeah, it's shit just isn't, like, isn't going right. It's like, I'm like, just going to make this a horror film. It's fine. Yeah. I can, I know I can do that. Let's just, <laughs> let's just fill the blanks with something about yeah. faith and signs and miracles and Jesus and we'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. oh, can someone get me a, a coffee? Cause I feel like I'm about to run over someone else's wife over here. <laughs> <laughs> This gets worse, and I know it because that, and like, I haven't uh, seen it yet, but I know it's coming. The fucking, I think it's the lady in the water where he is literally like God in it. So, like, yeah. I, I just there's something to his own sort of ego or something here, or like playing God in, in terms of the, the direct. I don't know, I don't know what to think yet. And this is like the yeah. teetering point. Uh, apparently those two uh, stories about his kids and the, and the birth or whatever were actually like the actual stories of M. Night Shyamalan's two, like two of his children. So that's so sweet. Yeah, don't, that bit make, sweet. those bits make me cry, made me cry. They were just really, yeah. they're just really good. Again, he's good. Like it just, it's the context of it happening as well. Like the first time it, Joaquin is boarding up the door and the camera sort of just finding the gaps in between the slats mm-hmm. and he's talking to Bo about her birth and then it's when they're in the hallway oh no when the aliens on the roof and Joaquin Phoenix just like yelling they're on the roof and he's just yeah. like he's trying to get attention and it's a nice sort of sort of like almost like a parallel to the beginning where they find him in the crop in the field and he like turns his face so he 
like you directed attention elsewhere and then him having to do that for his son again it really nice no that's a really yeah, good yeah, yeah. really good beat and really well told i mean just the the acting from mel gibson like i hate mel gibson for like but damn having that fucking tirade man dude it's yeah. so shitty like he he said like i saw something where and like you know i'm i'm all about people improving themselves like, you know, and I, I'm all about like people, you know, uh, getting the opportunity to like change and stuff. Yeah, but yeah, at the same but- time, that doesn't necessarily mean they still need to be like in the forefront, you know. Yeah. Hollywood forget. You know, like we don't need gets, to be like. Yeah. Make a movie. Yeah. When and like. Good again. He, he like basically said something, uh, you know, a few years back where it was like kind of 10 years removed and he was like sober. He's like, I've been sober for 10 years and like, you know, people still talk about it and bring it up and joke about it. And he's like, and I think it kind of sucks because it's like, come on. And like, you know, it's like 10 years ago. It's like, you know, it's like, why are people still bringing it up? Sort of it was really like, fucked you know, up what you did. And what you yeah. And it's just like, that. dude, like really horrible. You can't like really remove that from history it's like it's a part of history now like so you're forever going to have that baggage like it's like it doesn't matter you can become a better person and i'm all for that and stuff but people are always going to remember that it's not like they're not going to like remember it's like i'm always going to remember hulk hogan said some really racist shit exactly and i already kind of never really liked hogan hogan and that like you know like really fucked any chance for me to have any sort of like turning around on on hogan you know like so it's like it's weird, man. Like you're you're a shitty person for doing <laughs> that, like, you know. But you made the Patriot your favorite film. So. But dude, like, but that's what I was gonna say because this like that scene and stuff where he's talking to the kids and shit. It's just those are shit. That's the shit that really reminds me of like him and the Patriot. He's, he's really good. He's in that fucking film. brilliant. No, he's, he's a, a great really actor. actor. It's annoying. Yeah. It sucks. Like it's annoying. It sucks. Yeah, it sucks when people you like are really good at stuff. And you like the films that they're in and stuff and their performances and certain things. And it just makes it really hard. Like, you know, cause you're like talking about this and you're like feeling like in a way that you're talking about it is like sort of somehow like saying it's okay for what it, they've done. Exactly, That's why yeah, I always like happy to like bring up what they've done and talk about how shitty it is. That they you, it's always going to be a balancing thing. Yeah. Cause you know? like, I want to compliment his performance there, but I'm not going to take away from this really shit <laughs> yeah. that, that came yeah. afterwards. And, and yeah. it just, you can't help but talk about it because that's on your mind when you're watching it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're watching it and being like, man, what, what was that fucked up shit Mel Gibson said again? Yeah, you know, yeah. like, you know, it's like Googling it and be like, oh my God, that's awful. Um, yeah. And it's just always yeah. like that for any person. And it's just, I guess, finding your own sort of, I'm always fine to sort of go, it's, I, th- I don't know, you find your own lines of comfort with it, you know? You can go, some people can go and just enjoy anything they make and completely divorce art from reality. Yeah, separate and, art and art from the artist, yeah. But but then it's like... It's hard. And it, it's, then hard, it's hard. hard. And it's layered to it. You can choose to just not support that person anymore. Like you don't... Hopefully Kevin Spacey doesn't get to fucking make anything anymore. But if he did, <laughs> yeah, I don't think yeah. I could fucking watch it. But like... Yeah, yeah. There's stuff... There's older stuff that, you know... It, it's still enjoyable around him, you know, stuff he did. Um, and same thing here. Like, yeah. It, yeah, it, yeah. Mel Gibson is delivering a really solid performance and like, and a later one as well. Like, again, it was, a, it was in a moment, I think, where he was trying to, f- actually, no, no, this is way beyond that. I'm going to say like, could he, 
gotten big after the action franchise that Mad Max and Lethal Weapon and probably mm-hmm. needed to find uh, you know, a different footing, but he established himself as a fucking really accomplished filmmaker at this point. He'd done Braveheart and Patriot and What Women Want. So he was also like Dude, a I mean, fucking heartthrob. What Women Want is one of my favorites too. It's like a low oh, really? key. Like, I love that movie. It's I've so never funny, seen dude. It. Never it's seen really it. good. I mean, they remade it like, you know. Yeah, they did. And what, what Men, men want. want. Yeah. But uh, What Women Want is actually like, a really fun time and like it's kind of fun fair enough no i'm not gonna take that away <laughs> yeah. um but yeah that that time to sort of yeah like a, a highlight of the sort of later stuff not counting yeah yeah, yeah. He, obviously I mean, he's been making movies again for the last like 10 years it was it was but, tough but, like i i to be honest like i found uh i found the whole time of like because this is like just shortly before he goes off and does, I mean, it's literally like his next thing would go off and do passion, the passion, I and the passion, of the, the Christ passion was, it was really a hard, a hard thing to stomach at the time because mm-hmm. like Remember the South where Park I'm episode? from as well, it was like <laughs> religion was huge yeah. and it was almost like weird if you didn't like, like, or like see it. the passion. My mom of made me watch it. Like, yeah. it. like it was an important film to watch. Yeah, it was weird. Like, I went to see it with my dad, and it was not like my dad was never really like super religious. If anything, my mom was more leaning towards religion than my dad was. Like, my dad, I could say weird shit about religion and stuff, and he would never get upset at me. And my mom would get upset if I said something like that she didn't approve of. But, like, it's weird. Like, that my dad would go, but I think it was sort of like of it being like we would go see like the big movies with mm-hmm. my dad. And I remember, like, just finding it a fucking struggle to watch that film because it was like long and it was literally like the torture porn film. Yeah. Fuck that. You're movie. like literally watching someone getting beaten for like two and a half hours or three hours. And it was just like, just horrible. And horrible everything movie. wrong about Catholicism and like the like yeah. religious dogma, the institutions where they, the whole, you know, belief structure is built on fear and guilt, like yeah. guilt tripping you. It's like, you should be a, better Christian could look, look how bad he got it. Look how, look how he tortured, got tortured and died for you. And it's like, fuck off. Like, and it's yes. just really graphic and over the top and unnecessary and long and boring. And just no, fuck off with that. Yeah. So, I mean, at least with M night, he's like, he's kind of delving into weird territory, but at the same time he's playing with like, I don't know the faith of it. It's like, there's no, some yeah. certain degree of like faith is like an okay thing with me. Like, you know, it's a bit funny, a bit heavy handed. No, but that's a difference. Times, but yeah. faith. There's a difference between having faith in like, you know, the, in, you know, people in life in the universe. Exactly, and like, you know, exactly. uh, you know, there's, there is a certain degree of coincidence versus like, you know, just, uh, thinking like, that yeah. you know there's some i don't know weird juju in the air that like <laughs> something just sort yeah. of fucking happens like you know and it's like i don't know it's weird because humans are always going to like think about like you know there being uh someone there like you know you're every human's probably question that you know regardless of their beliefs of religion and stuff that like you know oh is there a creator or is this all just like a random fucking simulation or like or are we mm. just like here or whatever it is and it kind of goes great with aliens 
you know, because aliens are like, you know, there's a whole history of like, oh, ancient aliens and having some sort of like degree of control over like <laughs> manipulation of humankind yeah. here on Earth and stuff anyway. And then there's always the great mystery, the way it's like really a nice way to play with like the idea of religion versus the idea of like you know, what's out there yeah. like in, in space, because it's like we don't know. Are we alone? Are we like, you know, are we just here? Are we just like. Floating around by accident. Yeah, yeah. like crazy fucking bit of evolution that's kind of gone amok. You know, like no, you've hit it. Don't know. No, you've you've hit it right. Like nail on the head. Like it's the perfect like analogy, like or vehicle for him to talk about these ideas because they're quite similar and they quite they mirror each other in really interesting ways. At least the way society talked about. Um, mm. God versus like again like even extraterrestrials weirdly enough but like I find it in a similar way there's also a, a weird overlap I find with like the things that uh, M. Night Shyamalan are interested are seem to be conspiracies and Jesus and it seems it's like the reason for both it's kind of what you were saying well not really but like and a big important factor in sort of the belief in both of those is human desire or need for big events to have big causes, right? Yeah. To have a, like, you know, something like JFK, right? That's a huge monumental like moment in history. Um, and people can't believe it's just like a guy did that you know and it needs to be yeah. a big elaborate di conspiracy which i'm probably more down with than other conspiracies but like just using that as an example but it's just like think of like a secret in your group of friends how how well do they keep that secret now imagine that hundred thousand of people that would have to be in on this conspiracy that yeah. we speak of <laughs> and it just it like it crumbled in on itself right and like yeah, yeah and yeah, it yeah. works out well because these powerful institutions, it works for them that you think that they're capable of such, you know, big things uh, rather than they're just a bunch of people fucking trying to figure it out. Um, but yeah, I just, I find that interesting. Same thing with like, you know, life in the universe, like you were saying, and, you know, people need to have reason behind it. And I appreciate that M. Night's a bit more abstract. It doesn't have to be a physical God or Jesus you know, in this case, it's uh, like a Catholic priest, but like, it's just, yeah, the bigger, it's the same thing he does in dogma, right? It's like, it's not about going to church, it's just about the idea of faith and belief. Those things put into positive ways can do, can be a real force for good. Mm. And I think that's what he's going for. Yeah. yeah in yeah. the end, yeah. Then the, but it can be a bit bollocksy. I mean, that's the thing with like organized religion in a in itself there is like obviously going to be you know certain elements of it being positive in people's lives giving yeah. them sort of yeah, motivation exactly. and also doing good things for their communities and stuff but at the same time you know you have these super churches who are just complete you know pieces of shit money making tax evading like schemes <laughs> exactly that, like yeah. just are preying upon people and they've been doing it since the you know the beginning of religion you know especially like the beginning of christianity the whole crusades the whole mm. you know uh expansion into 
the Americas and then the manifests destiny. It's all God said that I should go do this and I go and take this land. And anyone who doesn't want to join the cause and join my Jesus, uh, you know, is slaughtered. And then we can't even stand each other enough that we just have to keep like breaking up different versions of it and different Mm -hmm. copies of Bibles that Kings have like said that Jesus said something. So they turn it red and people go, Oh, but Jesus said that. Yeah. yeah. And how is that the most widely read fucking copy of the Bible (laughs) in the whole fucking world? This is insane. But anyway, this is the pamphlet that we should give to Ebony. (laughs) So yeah, that's me having like a fucking conflicting view of religion. And this is what you get a lot. The M night episode. Yeah. Yeah. A lot worse. That's what you bring down. A lot of bad shit compared to any good. Most wars and stuff have been fought over religion and shit. Yeah. Um, Everybody just smoke a doobie and chill out, man. Like, look That's at the stars, been saying, man. Bro. Look at the fucking aliens, man. Look we spend aliens. so much time look looking for our faith, and we're not looking at the fucking aliens. The Did formation, bro. Just they're stop invading. and say, hey, bro, man, like, do you want to, like, are you here for the herb? Because I got some herb for you. Come on, bro, I man. Got, I got oh, don't herb. worry about that water, man. We ain't going to, we ain't going to, spl- we won't splash you with the water, man. Just come it's on cool, and smoke, cool. it, smoke yeah, a little yeah, bit of doobie, man. That's how we Anyway, it's. Silly, silly movie. I mean, apparently he was toying with the idea of calling this film Alien Bulletin or Visitors before he came up with uh, Signs. Signs is way yeah, better. Yeah, Signs works. Uh, he said that a hundred times in the movie. Yeah, he was he was riding high, you know, when Signs was in production because, like, you know, he he was sort of like coming off these two big films and stuff, but he was also trying to avoid, you know, the idea of it being compared to the sixth sense again, especially with unbreakable kind of getting all that negative sort of like attention Mm. and stuff. So he basically didn't want Mel Gibson to be featured on the poster. His name's on it, but the original poster is just like the crop circles in the house and stuff. And it just says Mel Gibson at the top signs. I love the signs poster and the logo and everything. It's really sweet. Um, Like the G kind of being part of a crop circle. Sweet, sweet sign. Um, But yeah, he, uh, Collaborate again. We already mentioned James Newton Howard. His third collaboration with him kind of just ends up being there. Yeah. He apparently starts scoring the whole thing like by using the storyboards alone. Like, yeah, he's like, like, dude, you don't even need to make it. I don't even have to watch it. I got it. I got it. I know what you want. Yeah. I know you want. want. Here here we go. Look, I've already already done it. I did it ahead of time. And then I'll I'll do the rest. I I did it ahead of time. You know what? Very boring about it. You can play on set. That's how easy it'll be. Yeah. A little bit of like leftover from the last one. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck it. Shyamalan often sets his films in Pennsylvania, specifically Philadelphia. But uh, this time he, he decided to go rural. We already mentioned he's he's in Delaware Valley. Uh, he's in, you know, we're in Delaware, setting it in. We're setting it in. Um, was it Bucks County? Mm. Uh, which is about 45 minutes out of Philly. Uh, yeah. So he, he goes to Delaware Valley University in Doylestown, Pennsylvania for the uh, crops. So like. Apparently the farmhouse itself was all like the outside of it was all just an empty set. And then I guess they did the the actual like inside the house on a set somewhere on mm, like you know, not on location, but in a soundstage. And then he created the crops of the cornfield on 40 acres, acres of farmland at the Delaware Valley University in Doylestown. Wow. They have 40 acres they allow him to use. And he literally like made these cornfields. So he didn't like the idea of doing CGI. He like was like, I want these aerial Good, shots so much to be like 
legit fucking corn, like, you know, uh, crop circles in the cornfields. But the thing is, a lot of times, like, when you see cr- the phenomenon of crop circles, they're done in wheat fields because it's easy to sort of, like, make. And it would be, like, really, like, hard, I think, for these people to do hoax, and which kind of plays up really nice in the film because it's happening in a fucking cornfield of all places. Uh, it'd be hard to, like, do a crop circle hoax yeah, yeah, in yeah. a cornfield because it's they're really strong. And they even talk about, like, oh, this is, like, bent over, but it's not even broken, you know. Mm. But... Man, that adds so much to this film, man. Like those shots inside it the cornfields, like they're so scary. Like thought, they're really like cornfields no, are scary, man. They're no, that's, so fucking scary. It just yeah, like anytime they're like running around looking for the kids, like through the cup, the crop, like the mm. cornfield. Sorry, the, even the, during the day. Yeah, <laughs> like, even, yeah. Even like the yeah, one of the scariest bits I found. This is what I mean. Like I wouldn't. I just like I didn't like. Um, even like the birthday party shot, like I it, like it's cool, it's it's done well, but like seeing the full figure like CG alien really takes me out. But like the when you just see bits of it, and like that bit yeah. where he's in the cornfield and he just sees his leg, yeah, that's step so away, scary. Yeah, and he yeah. just books it, or like yeah. the fucking um, oh, the arm bit, coming from under the door. Yeah, that bit's really so that's good. A, that's an actual like animatronic arm too. So it's not that's like why a, it looked good. That looked yeah, so good. It's like and a he, legit prop. That looked really good. Yeah. Um, or like and the they, hand when coming holding, out to choke the kid. Yeah, when the hand comes out and also when he's holding like the kid up close, those are all that prosthetic like fake Oh, could it looked, like it looked better. So it looks real. Could even but it's like any time they do the wide shot of the alien like, you know, actually on the camera, it's like I, yeah, I'm with you. I wouldn't have shown the alien that much. I, I think even him- he knows that because it's like he tried to. It's like at the end, it, he has to show it. But like he really he should have done it all on the TV screen, man. Like That's in the what I was going to say. Man. That whole, that shot is so cool. And he could have, he yeah. really could have pulled it off like that. But you can, you, you obviously tell that, that he agreed because the alien is in shadow the whole time. Like you can't. Yeah really discern it's like features or details and i think that that would be good because the cgi would have just let it really would have let it down and taken you out so just like this yeah. ominous figure is better like he doesn't like you know it's a disney film you know disney's got money but obviously they're not putting the kind of money into this that they you know the universal put it and gave to spielberg to do jurassic park in 93 mm. you know it's not like they have like ilm working on this fucking uh, you know, uh, alien creature yeah, design. Yeah. I mean, they might, I, to be honest, I don't know. I could have just be speaking out of my ass. This film could have been done by ILM. I don't think it was, but anyway, he, he's not big into the CGI anyway, so he's not trying to spend all of his money on the CGI. And it's 2002. It's the same year, like literally like, you know, that Scooby-Doo came out and <laughs> Scooby-Doo works and still kind of holds up because the character is sort of a cartoon dog and he's sort of like he it looks kind weird. of he's supposed to yeah. look weird it, and you kind of like weird. you uh you know you suspend your you know disbelief disbelief you know to kind of go along with the ride of this super stoner weird silly fucking but not <laughs> a stoner film like you know like scooby-doo is but this is like an alien man this is like you know like something that's out of this world, something, you know, that's meant to be scary and stuff. And it kind of like does sort of lose its magic when you see the whole thing. And it's just this weird kind of dated 
PlayStation Two graphic, like yeah, CGI yeah, character. Exactly. So you don't want to turn into funny, the, you don't want to turn into Scorpion King, you know? Yeah, it's not that bad, but yeah, I mean, but I love how he went Jaws with it, you know, sort of like keep this monster at bay, and then you rarely see the alien, and it's great. And I personally would have kept it in the TV screen and those weird, like you just see its arm or something like I'm okay yeah. with seeing the arm when the, you know, the water falls on it or something, but I wouldn't have showed his face. Yeah. When you know, it that happened, heard yeah. his screams and stuff. It's like, Could, man, again, so, like they, he, like, he used all the trick to get around it. Like when yeah. it's hitting him, it's like all POV and stuff though. So yeah. You're trying I mean, to the less you it. see sometimes is the, is the best like i mean alien is another great example alien, of, like Jules, you rarely yeah. see the fucking alien and aliens it's terrifying like, the xenomorph and the first alien and it's so scary man like it's really fucking great use of like just working around like you know with what you have and uh not yeah i don't i mean i don't know what else he could have done short of like just putting someone in a suit and it would have been kind of <laughs> weird i mean mm. who knows it might have been all right i don't know <laughs> but yeah yeah but yeah, it was released in August of 2002, Signs, and uh, there's still, you know, some real excitement for M. Night Shyamalan films in. This is pre The Happening, so I mean, he's still like got some juice, and it made $60 million in his first weekend. It was the largest opening of Mel Gibson's career, and all in all, it made $408.2 million worldwide against a budget of $72 million. Nice. It's the second highest grossing film behind the sixth sense of M. Night Shyamalan's career wow. still to this okay. day. So it's All a right. big film for him. It was a big, huge hit. I remember it being like a big thing when it came mm. out because it was like, dude, it's an alien film. Fuck yeah. Like, yeah, I And it's weird. It, like, you know, yeah, people like religion in, in America. So, you know. <laughs> it's just my kind of shit, people. man. It, alien, <laughs> Jesus, the, the end of the world. Yeah. Um, I remember it being a big deal when I'm, when I'm the kid, but yeah, I didn't watch it till recently. Like I said, and fucking, I just, I love it. I love mine. I think... I don't want to say it. I want to wait until we're done or at least further in, but like, yeah. Now just having rewatched it, I always said unbreakable was my fave, but like, yeah, I don't know. I think science just hold it, holding up a bit better. That one is just because it's comic book stuff. I'm more partial to it, but like, yeah, yeah. I'm so fucking good, man. It's great, man. I, it's I do really like it good. Um, I think it works together as a whole better. This should we should like, we should do this to a triple bill at the cinema. That would be yeah, good. dude. Just like yeah. the first three, first the first three, three you know that'd I mean? be really fun. Yeah, I mean, because like Unbreakable, I really I really like, but there are some bits in it that are just like a lot more clunky than Signs. Oh yeah, Although, really I mean, Signs has a lot of clunky bits, but like I feel like we feel made like, fun of more in that movie. Yeah, they. I feel like they. Uh, I don't know. It's weird. It's like the actors are better. All around in signs, yeah, and I yeah, think, and in and just the balance, and just the balance and better, like like M Night movies shouldn't like almost they shouldn't work because they're tonally very all over the place. They can be yeah. funny, they can be really heart wrenching, they can be really scary, they can be really dark, and they can be really dramatic, really dark and brooding, and brooding, like really yeah, brooding, <laughs> and like you know, like I think maybe because Unbreakable is a dark brooding thriller. But yeah. had really funny moments that aren't meant to be funny. Um, yeah. And Signs is like actually lets you take the ride. It's like when it, it's funny when it's meant to be funny, it's emotional when it's meant to be emotional, and it's scary when it's meant to be yeah. scary. Um, and so I just think, I don't know, he's just like, yeah, he, he less unintentionally here. funny. Yeah. Yeah, less, yeah. In, less unintentionally funny. Um, he just hit a groove here, and it's like, I feel like 
he's like got a really good hold on his craft that he can just mm. and a good hold of his style that he can apply it to now three kind of different genres. You know what I mean? Like he makes sort of psychological horror thrillers, but like he's done it with Alien, he's done it with superheroes and done it with ghosts you know what i mean like he managed yeah. to and keep consistent and still be himself and so far just kind of improve each time but i have a feeling it's all about to change <laughs> well we'll find out next time because we're gonna be sticking along with uh our man m night Shyamalan oh, on the yeah. next film of course we obviously this was shamala mania we have to do it and i'm loving it i'm looking forward like i said to the future but hey man friendly face Joaquin Phoenix decides to go along for the ride next time too and he'll be in M. Night Shyamalan's next film which is The Village The Village next month on the Pod Charles Cinecast here on Patreon I always want to say thank you patrons for your support over the years and uh, anytime you need to tap out because it's tight times don't worry just let us know you can tap out it's cool uh, or you know you don't even have to let us know just do it I don't mind mm, yeah. it's like it's none of my business um, but like I just want to thank you guys for your support through all this and just look out for yourself uh, and don't accept any weird pamphlets from weird guys on the street no know, you know yeah anyone driving truck falling asleep at the wheel yeah watch out yeah, watch hide out. your wives uh, hide your wives yeah keep your eyes open <laughs> look for the significant others you never know for, when look, look for the signs you know, <laughs> look for the you know what M. Night Shyamalan thinks is the scariest thing in this film? What? That a good man, and I swear to God, he said this, that a good man could lose his connection with God. <laughs> Not a good man or just a man could lose his partner, his wife, and possibly his child. <laughs> yeah. Nah, it's oh, the connection that. between God. Yeah. Fuck that. <laughs> Fuck that, man. Nah, I ain't, I ain't letting it go down like that. I ain't letting it happen like that. I'm going to make sure this boy's faith is restored by the end of this movie. And this dude, <laughs> dude, like, this dude doesn't come back in the movie. I'm going to finish the way I started. This M. Mel Gibson doesn't come back either. <laughs> no, no, no. But I mean, like, <laughs> he comes right out of the closet wearing his fucking priest uniform um yeah, man. but it awakened something but do you think like do you think that's intentional though like an m night Shyamalan character he like could he've been injured maybe go to the lake and he died or something but like he'd never heard from again isn't it maybe just like he's like a figment of no given imagination or something maybe he is an angel but the kids see him the kids know oh they do ask about him they're like oh him? yeah that him except for the little girl she doesn't know uh symbolic then i don't fucking know yeah I do think he's like uh, he's supposed to be like someone who's sent there to test. <laughs> that fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of box will be in next time? Yeah. Find out. Keep the faith. <laughs> Can't wait. Keep the faith, bro. <laughs> <laughs>